What's up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's time for another Full Draw Friday. This is a part two. This is uh, episode number 33. 32 was the part one of this little mini-series, I guess you could call it, on betting. We're actually going through an article by John Kirby called Follow the Betting. This will be the last part of this article I cover for now. I might come back to it later because he goes on and talks about some rep betting, and he talks about late winter betting as well. But on Wednesday, we covered the spring and summer betting portion, so kind of where we're at right now. And today, we're going to talk about early fall betting, which is where we're going to be moving into here in another month, month and a half or so, depending on where you're at, things of that nature. So I thought it would be a good article to break up since we were doing two episodes this week. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed the one on Wednesday. I think it will help a lot when it comes to finding bucks this fall. So episode number 33 of Full Draw Friday, we're going to be talking about early fall betting. All right, so he says, depending on seemingly endless variables, buck betting often shifts with the seasons. Use this guide to seasonal betting habits to predict where your target buck will be hiding. And we talked about on Wednesday how that spring and summer betting, depending on where you're at and when your season's open, may or may not benefit you to know that information right now. Uh, there are certain situations where it might. The buck might come back in the rut. Uh, if you have a season that opens early, like, say, in Kentucky, early September, like we talked to Austin Stone, he's working on finding summer bedding so he can hunt those bucks on those summer beds because they're still going to be on those patterns when he goes down there for opening day. But if you're like us in Illinois and a lot of other places where the season doesn't open until October 1st or even September 15th and your deer are shifting off of those bedding patterns, before you can get out there and hunt them, or maybe you just can't hunt till the middle or late part of October, and then they're they're off their bedding pattern, even the ones that stick around a little bit longer. This is going to be the episode for you uh, when it comes to finding where they're bedding during your season, and that's going to be a lot more, but uh, a lot better information for you to have when it comes to killing these deer, because like I said, right now it doesn't help you a lot to know where they're at because they're going to leave anyway. But if you can find them in the fall, then you can set up on them and hunt them. So we get right into the article here. It says, During mid to late September and well into October, the summer feeding pattern bedding habits overlap with increasing hunting pressure and mild to significant food source changes. Food source changes being a lot of their summer food starts to die, especially up north, Uh, even throughout the Midwest and parts of the south. Once you get into late October and November, that stuff starts to go away. Another big thing in ag areas is the farmers are getting their crops out, so that changes things dramatically. But he goes on, he says, Many of the bucks I chase in the Midwest begin bedding in locations deeper in timber and frequently in the best quality bedding habitat. In my experience, that's not always the thickest, nastiest cover. So one of my biggest surprises while hunting hill country was how often I found mature bucks bedding up against a rock face with nearly a vertical bluff. He says he used to think mature bucks preferred and sought out bedding with several escape routes I flipped a page here, but I learned that while that can be true, there are bucks that also bed with minimal escape routes. They will do this because they often can see threats in time to react before we know they are even there. In cases where bucks are bedding in an area with almost unlimited escape routes, it is my experience that those bucks hang tight to their beds as predators pass them by. As a result, we probably unknowingly pass by more bucks than we realize. So you may not even be knowing it when you're walking in 
if a buck knows you're coming, and I think this probably happens a lot on highly pressured grounds, especially because they don't want to run away, because that kind of gives up their location, which is why some guys, especially on public ground, when we kind of use that uh, that strategy of going and actually bumping bucks out of their bed to find where they're at and then setting up on them when they're coming back. Because a lot of times they will come back to the same bed. In their mind, if they saw you coming and they got out of there, they won because they didn't die. So you can kind of use that strategy in places. I wouldn't always recommend it, especially if there's multiple places for that buck to bed because he might not come back. But it can be a good strategy in certain situations. But what he's saying there is when these bucks that are bedding in the stuff where they have a lot of escape routes, they may just hang tight, and you might even walk right past them, again, without them even getting up and leaving because they don't want to give up their location. He goes on, hill country bucks also bed on points and various elevation levels. Midwest deer act similarly and frequently bed up against a big fallen tree, root ball, boulder, or similar object. And whitetails who live in live near marsh country, Nowhere to seek refuge when hunting pressure makes them uneasy. Small, even tiny islands or humps surrounded by thick, wet marsh are surefire bets as food sources change and hunting pressure rises. So depending on where you're at, that's going to change where they bed as well. Obviously, the terrain has a lot to do with that, and they're going to know what's out there. They've been there for three, four, five years, whatever it is, and they've kind of figured out the best bedding areas or the best features to bed by with throughout their, their range. So he continues, the October lull is frequently blamed for this pattern shift, but science proves that daylight deer movement increases throughout October. So that's a big one, and we've talked about it a bunch on the podcast. I think we've done specific episodes on it. That actually, even though there is this quote-unquote October lull where everybody thinks the deer activity goes down, not only does their general activity go up throughout the month of October while the buck's testosterone is rising, their daylight activity actually goes up too. Now, they might not be moving as far as they were in the summer, which he's going to touch on here in a second, which could be why you're not seeing them. So you're going to have to get closer to the bedding, which is why this is important. They're still moving as much or more than they were, and it increases throughout the month of October. So that this is obviously important because the closer you can get to their bedding, the better chance you're going to have of seeing them on their feet during the daylight in October. So he continues, the real culprit here is that many bucks have shifted their feeding and bedding habits and settled into more of a fall pattern. Hard and soft mast along with plentiful quality browse and again increasing hunting pressure finds mature bucks deeper and more strategically bedded than they were all summer. At this time of year it is paramount to find oaks or whatever the preferred food source of a buck is so you can get between the food and your target buck's bed. So that's one strategy for sure and it does work. Uh, it has worked for us in the past, and depending on your deer, it can work for you, setting up between the bedding and food. The problem is a lot of times the bucks, especially in that time of year, will wait until dark to go to the food, and they'll wait, and they'll come back to their bed before daylight. It doesn't always happen that way, and it kind of depends on how far they have to go for that food if they can't bed close enough to it. And a lot of times you'll see... The does are bedding closer to the food, so the bucks are bedding behind the does because they don't want the does and fawns, the yearlings, running around in their bed all the time. So that's going to separate them even more. If you can find those oak flats like what he's talking about, if that's a, a feeding destination for them before they get to their where they're going to feed all night, then that can be a good strategy to either set up on that oak flat or between the bedding and that oak flat or whatever it is, the mass trees that you're hunting. That can be a good strategy because they're probably going to come there they might come there before dark and then go out to the field after dark or whatever it is, alfalfa, cut cornfield, beans, a standing cornfield, anything like that. 
But a lot of times, if you're just trying to hunt them between bedding and food, you probably get, you can easily get too far from the bedding side and you're not going to catch them in daylight. So just keep that in mind as well. What kind of food you're hunting between them and their bedding. A lot of times, the closer you can get to their bedding without spooking them, without too much intrusion is better, but that's not always possible either. So sometimes it is smarter just to stay back off of that bedding, hunt between them and the food, and wait for them to make that mistake and get up just a little bit early and get out there. A lot of times that happens on cold fronts. They get to feeling a little bit frisky when the weather gets cold. They feel a little better about carrying their winter coat so they're not as hot. They might get up on their feet earlier in daylight, so that's an opportunity for you to set up a little more conservatively between them and their food and catch them on their feet during the day like that way. So all that stuff goes into it, no doubt. He continues here. Failing to make this shift and continue continuing to hunt summer pattern intel can be frustrating at best. Bucks are still moving. They just have, aren't having to move far from their beds to feed on high-quality native browse. So there it is right there, what I was just talking about. They're still obviously moving. They're getting up and they're feeding during the day. They're feeding from their beds, but they're not having to go as far. They went back farther into the woods or they found those good spots where they can, they still have some quality browse or they're around some mass trees so they can get up out of their bed and go, you know, 100 yards if that and feed and then go back to their bed until late that evening and into the night when they can go out and feed on their destination food fields. So all that stuff is is good information. Again, I skipped around in the article a little bit, so if you can, go check out the full article. And like I said earlier, there's uh, November bedding in there, and I believe there's late-season bedding as well. He calls it rut bedding on the November part. kind of depends on where you're at, I guess, what time of year that's going to be. But that whole article has a ton of good information about buck bedding that is useful for you, especially depending on what time of year you can get out there and hunt. And then it's even, you know, it's just nice to know where they're at in the summertime sometimes, so you can get pictures of them maybe or see what is in the general area. But either way, today on the fall bedding, that's really where you're going to have your success, in my opinion, in the early season is if you can find out where they're staying and then set up on them based on that. They're not, they don't have to go as far. They're not out chasing does yet, so they're not on their feet during odd times of the day necessarily out moving around a whole bunch. Uh, hunting pressure has a lot to do with it too. So if you have a low pressured area, they might be moving farther than they would in a high pressured area. All that stuff goes into it. Like like I read in the beginning there, there's a ton of variables that are go into it. But if you can put them all together and find out where that dude's bedding, you've got a really good shot of taking him even early on in October. So keep that stuff in mind. Hopefully it helps you come this fall. We're looking forward to it. We're almost the end of July. We've got one more of these full draw Fridays in July, and then it'll be August, and then we'll be planting fall food plots. Next thing you know, it'll be time to get in a stand. So we're looking forward to that. Appreciate you guys all tuning in. Don't forget about our sponsor for full draw Friday. That is Rodney Hawkins. If you guys are looking for your own piece of ground to manage and hunt, maybe find some buck bedding on. Rodney Hawkins is the guy to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing in southern Illinois, and he's now putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. If you guys have listened to the podcast, you know that Midwest Farm and Land isn't your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022 alone. So they do some residential stuff as well, but they really specialize in those recreational properties. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois, so they're really a local company with a national reach. For more information, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153.
and he'll get you taken care of. He's also got his own company called RG Outdoors. He's currently carrying products from Radix Blinds. He's got Camo Dust, which is an all-natural scent elimination product. He's got Burner Self-Defense Weapons. He's got Tacticam Trail Cameras, and he's bringing in the new stuff all the time as well. So to keep up with that, or if you're interested with anything they have, you can send them a message through their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. Email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com, or again, just call Rodney at 618-925-3153. Speaking of social media, Facebook, follow us on ours and our Instagram, Ridge Hunter Outdoors. We also have a Facebook group, RHO Podcast Patrons, where we're putting some stuff in there exclusive for the group. Uh, our website is our uh, ridgehunteroutdoors.com. If you see anything on there you like, use the discount code FULLDRAW. That's all caps, no space. You get 10% off there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you follow us. Leave us a review. We really appreciate that as well. And YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell, like, comment, all that good stuff. That helps us out too. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you again Monday with a really good episode. We talked to Sean Lundy, formerly of Drury Outdoors. I think you guys are going to enjoy that one. Make sure you tune in for it.